0: Welcome to PQBeat, a podcast of the parksville Qualicum beach News, the newspaper of record both online and in print for parksville Qualicum beach and the
1: surrounding communities. Hi everyone, thanks for listening. I'm Philip Wolf, editor of the Vancouver Island Daily and the PQB News. The NFL season has passed its halfway point, so here to look at what's happened so far and offer some thoughts on what's yet to come... We welcome back our Black Press NFL expert, Aaron Halischuk. Aaron, thanks for joining us again.
2: Hello, oh, thanks for having me again.
1: Let's start with the quote unquote local team, the Seattle Seahawks. They currently sit with a three and six record and are struggling along. Your thoughts on their season so far?
2: Well, I think struggling is probably a pretty appropriate word. It has been, you know, without sounding perhaps too dramatic, a really disappointing season. I had really high expectations, and I'm sure a lot of other people did as well. And it just really hasn't turned out the way I think a lot of people have hoped, uh, myself included. The Russell Wilson injury was kind of a blow to what was already a sort of disappointing and and slowly disintegrating team, it seems like. So, you know, there is still a handful of games left there's some potential there but uh, it's not it's not looking that great
1: is there any chance at 3 and 6 that they can make the playoffs
2: you know that's the funny thing is mathematically statistically there absolutely is the way that the especially the NFC is kind of bundled together while there are a few teams that are probably going to, you know, guarantee a playoff spot, there's so many mediocre teams right now that if they go on a winning streak for the, you know, the latter half of the season, they absolutely could be back in playoff contention.
1: What would you put your own odds on that happening as?
2: Right now? I mean, the last game, particularly the last few games, the defense has really stepped up and depending on Russ's finger and how it progresses, you know, them maybe a a 60% chance Um, I think they've got a couple of easier teams going in uh, the last few games of the season that they they could potentially win and depending on how say San Francisco and LA do you know there's a possibility
1: you mentioned San Francisco and LA Pete Carroll always talks about wanting to run more and more and more does he take any type of game plan out of what the 49ers did to the Rams on the weekend
2: that was unbelievable, wasn't it? You know, I certainly hope so. It was shocking to see the Rams, if, you know, that's, a, that's the right word to use, just completely disintegrate in front of San Francisco. And considering, you know, what they have on their, in terms of the, their team, I was floored. And that might be a perfect example. You're right. You know, maybe Pete is taking another look at their, their game tape and going, you know, look what we can do against the Rams. And it was impressive, to say the least.
1: Now, would that type of philosophy butt heads with letting Russell Wilson cook, so to speak?
2: I think so. I think Russ is coming at it with his perspective. I think he's thinking he's 100%. He just wants to throw that ball. But if last week's game against Green Bay was any perspective, I honestly don't think he's 100%. And I don't know if he should be doing those moon balls that he's so famous for doing. And, you know, I think maybe if we slant a little bit more towards Pete's philosophy of, you know, run first offense maybe for the next few games that might, that might work.
1: How much of that would be keyed by the return of Chris Carson?
2: I think that would be huge. I think they've got a couple of good running backs and, and good maybe is the right word for it. They're not great. They're good. They're adequate. And they're, they're getting the job done. But I think with Carson's return, he is just such a brutal runner, kind of with a few Marshawn Lynch, characteristics and, and not nearly comparing the two but I think his style of running is a lot more like that and I think that could really help them for sure
1: he is an angry runner more than kind of the slashers that they they're exactly trying to now like Alex Collins that's right you mentioned Russell Wilson did he come back too early from his injury
2: I think that depends on who you ask I think if you ask the fans I think he did I think if, if you ask Russell Wilson I don't think he thinks he did I think he's got a lot to prove and whether that's just to himself whether that's to fans whether that's to other teams I'm not sure but he he always seems like he just wants to be different and for the most part that's a good thing I think when it comes to injury though especially the throwing hand and a finger that is so required to grip that football I don't know if he was 100% and if that was the best decision geno smith as a backup quarterback i think was again okay wasn't the best wasn't the worst if you can kind of split the difference in terms of the games that he played for wins and losses i think you're doing well and maybe they should have shared duties in that game i don't know his hand definitely affected the way that he threw in that game
1: though i agree now he russell wilson came out this week and said he wanted to play for 10 more years do you think he can do that
2: I think he can. I think he's got the the sort of dedication and the investment that he puts into his body in terms of just his own personal team of dietitians, athletic therapists, physiotherapists, trainers. He has the resources, the ability and the drive, I think, to be able to do that physically. I think unlike some other, maybe other athletes or other quarterbacks in the league, I think he can easily go to sort of Brady's level in terms of longevity.
1: Now how many of those 10 years will be in Seattle?
2: <laughs> that's the magic question. I mean, I think that's going to be an issue after this season is done. He seems really dedicated to the city in terms of just not only for the Seahawks, but just his own personal affiliations with the city. He's part owner of the Sounders soccer team. He's got, you know, a bunch of businesses based out of Seattle. I think he's got a real connection with the city, and maybe that's the good thing, and that bodes in the favor of him staying there. But I also think his agent has a lot of influence over him as well, and I think he will absolutely go where the money is and perhaps where there is also a better O-line as well.
1: And how about Pete Carroll's future?
2: Mm-hmm. He recently re-signed I think, an extension on his contract, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I think it'll depend how the end of this year plays out a little bit. It's going to be interesting between him and the new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, if their philosophies continue to mesh or if there is any difference there. You know, I think fans are getting a little bit frustrated, but I think we have to sort of take that with a grain of salt, looking at what he brought to the team over 10 years, however long he's been in Seattle. I mean, his record speaks for himself and one or two bad seasons is going to happen. So I think you sort of have to look at the bigger picture. I would be more surprised if there was a change, but it wouldn't completely catch me off guard.
1: What holes do they need to address moving forward?
2: I think offensive line is a huge one. I think Russ was right in the offseason, but, you know, looking at more protection there, he still has no protection whatsoever. Um, Some of it is on him. He definitely takes a little bit longer in the pocket, but he looked at Patrick Mahomes and Mahomes is in the same situation where he's just under pressure constantly. I think that's a huge area. Their tight end situation, they've got some good tight ends. I think they just don't seem to use them very much. They don't like the short sort of screen plays a lot. And so I don't know if that's an offensive coordinator issue. If that's a tight end issue. I think those are kind of two areas that they really have to take a bit of a closer look at.
1: I am always amazed by teams that want to scrimp on the offensive line it just boggles my mind i look in miami where they're staking their future or were on to a tonga vialoa and they've got just the low replacement level guys in front of them how are you supposed to judge a team like that and how much more effective do you think russell wilson could be behind a high-end offensive line
2: absolutely and i think there's that's so true because i think about his career and his abilities also the fact that he's never had a single mvp vote and just look at his abilities and I think, you know, given an amazing offensive line, how much better he could be. From a fan's perspective, I go, isn't that obvious? Isn't that your first priority? You know, the team revolves around your quarterback. Whether you like that or not, that is the reality of the NFL. Why wouldn't you do what you can to protect him? It's a question I can't answer. And yeah, I completely agree.
1: Sticking with quarterbacks, who's your league MVP so far? We got Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford. Who have you got at the top of that mm-hmm. list?
2: It's kind of all over the place. There's not really one particular player that's extremely dominating the league right now. We've named a couple of them. I've got, uh, you know, before his injury, Kyler Murray, I was thinking, uh, Brady, Stafford. Stafford has sort of stumbled at a couple of bad games there, but I still think he's really good. Those are probably my top picks. One, actually, to go really out there, kind of the dark horse one, out of the quarterback position before he got injured was uh, Derrick Henry. I think he was having an amazing season, but unfortunately got injured, so I think that might take him off the table. And I think it's pretty rare for a running back to get that title, but I would have liked to see him.
0: Searching for a new home? Make today's homebc.com your online home base. With easy-to-search listings and connections to local realtors, everything you need is under one roof. Powered by Black Press Media, you can search hundreds of local listings, all in one place. Access the top real estate professionals to help you find the perfect home today at todayshomebc.com. I think it's an interesting phenomenon, and it seems especially heightened
1: in the last few years about how we talk about MVP races after we two or week three or week four do you do it like that or would you rather wait till the end of the season
2: i agree i'd rather wait until the end of the season i think people have a tendency to really stick with one or two MVPs early on. The season, especially this year, is 17 games. It's very fluid. And like the past maybe four weeks have shown, it It truly really is any given Sunday, right? Like the favorites are losing. The underdogs are, you know, pulling ahead. There's bizarre games happening with bizarre plays and bizarre scores. So I don't think it's fair to have that clear-cut MVP right at the beginning of the season because so much can change. And injury is playing a huge part of this kind of what's going on this season as well so I think it's not fair I think you kind of have to assess the season as a whole and and wait closer to the end of the season
1: I can personally attest to the any given Sunday things I've taken a beating the last three weeks in terms of my (laughs) weekly betting
2: likewise my fantasy team is reeling
1: (laughs) how about your Super Bowl pick are you sticking with your preseason pick or have you changed up halfway
2: a little bit. uh, Actually, Um, I feel kind of bad my loyalties from Seattle. Not, I wouldn't say split, but I'm definitely looking a little bit towards the um, Arizona Cardinals. It's really interesting. They've got quite an amazing team that they've collected over the past year. I really think that Kyler Murray is an amazing quarterback. I think he has a lot of similar characteristics as Russell Wilson. I think he's a really smart quarterback. I think they've got a really good team. And I'm also a little bit biased, I will admit, because their coach and their backup quarterback both used to play for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at one point <laughs> in the CFL. So my my loyalties lie there a little bit, but I think they really do have an amazing team so I'll kind of be cheering for them I think uh there's somebody I didn't predict at the beginning of the year to maybe even make a playoff run but they're really really doing well otherwise I think my usual picks Tampa Bay I think in the NFC and then I think Kansas City might be turning a bit of a corner so I think they they are definitely could be in contention as well
1: that was a shout out to Chris Strebler right there if you were wondering about that I'm going to stick with With my preseason picks, the Rams and the Bills, I think both have had a couple of clunkers lately, but I'll I'll stick with them for now. Who's the most disappointing team for you so far, other than the
2: Seahawks? (laughs) I was going to say Seahawks number one, for sure. One team that I'm, I don't know if disappointed is the right way, but maybe surprised, because I think that I was expecting them to just hit the gate running, are the Rams. I thought that they would be extraordinary and i'm not saying they're bad but i think i thought they they would be amazing and i think with the addition of uh, von miller and obj i thought wow they're we're going all in and they truly are you know it's interesting if stafford has a couple of bad throws it kind of seems to throw off the game and the last few weeks have kind of proven that so i'm kind of keeping my eye on them
1: you mentioned obj odell beckham jr were you happy that the seahawks didn't pick him up Very much. Yeah, I was
2: really hoping that they wouldn't. I know there were some things coming out on social media that Russ wanted him and things like that. But I just think, you know, they've got two amazing receivers as it is. And I just think his off-field antics and his locker room antics just don't mesh well with the Seattle philosophy. So I couldn't see how that could work.
1: How much do you think the loss of Robert Woods hurts the Rams?
2: Mm, I think it it really does. It was interesting to see that. You know, I thought that they would be able to kind of work around that, and it's interesting to see the way that they're shifting their plays. And it sort of threw the team off a little bit, which again surprised me. So, yeah.
1: What do you think about the Tennessee Titans sitting at eight and two with Derrick Henry on the sidelines?
2: You know, they've got quite the quarterback there. I was very impressed, I'll have to admit. And they seem to just be steamrolling along. That's, uh, you know, definitely one team that I could see. I wouldn't be surprised to be in in Super Bowl contention.
1: So if Ryan Tannehill was actually good (laughs) and left the Miami Dolphins, do do you think the same might be true for Tua?
2: I think Tua's got a chance. I think what you said, kind of circling back to what you said, I think it's about protection. I think especially for a young quarterback, right, who questioning maybe decisions on the line or questioning calls or, you know, maybe not doing all their checkdowns. I think that time in the pocket is crucial. And I think if you don't have an O-line, it just gets to them so much.
1: For me, for young quarterbacks, situation is so important. We focus on all these quarterbacks that can throw sidearm or from any angle or they can run all over the field. But then you've got Mac Jones, who has a dad bod and, you know, stays in the pocket and he's excelling in New England. How much does situation really matter?
2: It's so true. I think you hit a really, really good point. I had his name written down actually is one of my surprise favorites. You know, he was taken so late in the draft compared to some of the other rookies this year. I think you're right. Like, I think the physicality of a quarterback is a huge part of the game and it is absolutely important. But I just feel like, you know, these... Teams get so hung up on the physicality of the quarterback, and it's not about the smarts so much, right? Like I think about Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, who they have have the physical ability to play the position, but they're also really smart quarterbacks. They know when to throw the ball away. They know when to take a sack or how to take a sack properly, what to look for if a play breaks down. And I think as a quarterback, and Mac Jones is a perfect example, is you either have that or you don't it's hard to make up for that if you don't have it. And I think the the physical part of being a quarterback can only take you so far.
1: You mentioned how smart Aaron Rodgers is. Um, (laughs) How smart do you think he was with his explanation of immunization versus vaccination?
2: Probably should have clarified that statement. I think he's a smart (laughs) quarterback on the field. (laughs) Not so much off the field. I think it really put a stain on that, his future Hall of Fame position and maybe put a little bit of an asterisk next to his MVP title. That's just my two cents on it. But I think people really kind of took a step back from his on-field accolades and sort of take a second look at who he is as a person. And um, I think it surprised a lot of people, unfortunately, for all the wrong reasons.
1: Do you think it surprised some of those close to him, like his family?
2: Well, the family he's not talking to. That's <laughs> he's, it. A, yeah, I think... Maybe for those who know him, I think a lot of people know him as a very different, quirky person. He likes to think, you know, this sort of pseudo intelligent and not saying that he isn't intelligent, but, you know, he looks at the world in a different perspective, I think, than a lot of people do. I think in this situation, it really, it really cost him whether he cares about that or not is a different story. I don't think he does. But uh, in terms of his legacy, I think it certainly did affect him.
1: Do you think his teammates care about his vaccination status as long as they win?
2: It's interesting because I think his teammates, especially those I think about, you know, those who spend physically a lot of time around him, like his O-line and his running back and his receiver's. I think to be human you've got to be concerned about that. This is somebody you are physically spending a lot of time around who is not vaccinated and whether they can speak up on that, you know, it's always protect the team. It's all about the team. So they're they're not going to say anything publicly, but I'm sure somebody who blatantly disobeys NFL regulations and doesn't really get any repercussions from that. It's got to be frustrating. I'm sure as a teammate to see that, you know, even the last press conference that he had against the Seahawks game, um, the last game, he did not wear a mask and had to do the press conference over zoom. And it's just things like that where he blatantly chooses not to follow rules and it's got to be frustrating for his team.
1: Do you think there would have been more punishment if he was just, Regular quarterback from a mediocre team.
2: I think so. I think you know this is truly the NFL showing what it's made of, or or not what it's made of. And I think it absolutely favors its favorites. And it's really interesting to see the way that it's disciplined and or not disciplined. And they know what they have as a commodity in Aaron Rodgers, and and he will get the slap on the wrist, and he can continue his ways. And it's frustrating to see. I'm kind of glad that it's playing out publicly in such a way because people can see really what the NFL is is made of or not made of. CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media.
1: Sticking with polarizing quarterbacks, Cam Newton. What do you think of him as a player and his return to Carolina? He
2: undeniably is absolutely, you know, a really talented quarterback. I think, though... He is very injury prone. He's very hot and cold now in terms of his career. He was never one of my favorite quarterbacks. I always feel he was slightly over emotional on the field. His mindset maybe isn't necessarily the best to be a quarterback. You know, it's, it's interesting. His time in new England was interesting, whether that was him and Belichick or just him as a quarterback. I'm not hundred percent sure. I think he's really happy to be back with the Panthers. And I think that's probably a better fit for him. I can't see him And Belichick getting along that well, I always question that. I think if he can remain healthy and uninjured, he might do well this year.
1: I just don't think he can throw anymore. Mm -hmm. It looks like a shot put when he's out Mm -hmm. there. And (laughs) for me, Cam Newton will always be defined by the business decision that he made not to jump on that fumble in the Super Bowl.
2: Absolutely. That that said a lot to me. Exactly. Exactly.
1: This year, they're playing 17 games instead of the 16 that we've gotten used to. Do you think that's a good idea?
2: I, I feel a bit split on this. As a fan watching football, I love the idea of an extra game because it's just more football to watch. And I think that's really good. But from the sort of the NFL business decision, I think it's all about the money. I think it's a way for the NFL to capitalize and more TV and ad revenue and the players to make more money. I know at the beginning, when the idea was first introduced, the players union was quite against it in terms of, you know, more injury, especially before the playoffs. As from a fan's perspective, I really enjoy it, but I could see also from a player's perspective and from a business decision why it was made. So um, I I could go either way.
1: And how about the officiating? We've seen Mm. some roughing the passer calls that aren't really roughing the passer calls. Do you think they need full-time officials? I think they do.
2: You know, I was thinking about this the other day and and looking at other leagues and and thinking about that and just thinking about even in the CFL, if the officiating is any different and how those are called, for the most part, you can challenge penalties. And in the NFL, you can't. I think that might be an interesting thing to consider for the NFL. I think there's so many controversial calls, so many times that it should be reviewed and it's not. I think that could help the game. I know people kind of get a knee jerk reaction saying it'll slow down the game, but there have been so many games where those, you know, those decisions on penalties have truly, truly changed the outcome of a game that I think it's something that should be considered. But just on that note, the, the taunting penalties that they've introduced <laughs> this year are driving me absolutely bananas. I think that's one of the silliest things that they brought in this year. And I can't wait to see that go.
1: They remain the no fun league. What did you think of the penalty? Do you speak along those lines to Cassius Marsh there, who uh, looked at the sideline after a sack?
2: Oh, that, you know, exactly. It's it's those type of penalties that I just shook my head at. I could not believe it, you know, things like that. I remember a couple of games ago, D.K. Metcalf had a touchdown and he hugged the goalpost and he got a penalty for that. And I'm thinking, like, these sorts of penalties, like you said, it's it's that's what the NFL is, the no-fun league. And it, it's taking it to a whole, whole new level.
1: One thing I'd like to see, if they can't have full-time officials, because I know a lot of these guys have <laughs> careers and – may not be able to make the switch but is an eye in the sky with with all the technology that they have why can't they have an official who's up in the box who just presses a button down to the thing hey that wasn't a penalty or this is a penalty or that wasn't taunting or this wasn't taunting you know the quarterbacks are able to talk to the coaches through headsets I don't know why they don't have an eye in the sky that would be a good idea for me
2: absolutely and they have you know they have the 4k camera above the field anyways for those sort of high angle shots so why not use that
1: Shifting gears a little, something a little lighter. Talk about TV commentators. There's so many games. There's so many choices now. Do you have any favorite announcers, either now or historically?
2: Yeah, I do have a few. Um, It's interesting when I watch sometimes for the Seahawks games, I always favor the radio broadcast a little bit. So I'll actually turn off the TV commentary and listen to Steve Rabel. hes I just love his voice. I love the way that he calls plays. And him and Dave Wyman, I think, make a really good pair, an on-air pair for radio. So I actually do that quite often. But in terms of TV, I, I really like Al Michaels. I like his coverage a lot. And I know Chris Collinsworth is, is sort of the go-to Sunday night guy i think i really enjoy the announcers who played the game whether it's just another level of respect or just understanding that i think that they can bring to sort of seeing the game as a whole i think overall those are the commentators that i like a little bit more
1: i I love steve rabel that's a great call i I miss i don't know you're probably not old enough but keith jackson back in the day do you remember keith jackson whoa nelly Yes. He was great. My my favorite play-by-play guy, I do like Al Michaels today, but I like Kevin Harlan. I think yes. he brings a little fun to the game. And I still, I really do like how Tony Romo analyzes things.
2: Very much. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Wrapping it up, Aaron. how about coaches? It's such a tough profession. Who has done a good job this year and who's really on the hot seat?
2: I think uh, in terms of those who did really well this year, there's a couple that come to mind. I think Cliff Kingsbury again kind of circle back to how Arizona's doing. And I, I think the team that he has put together and the way that he's using those players, it's it's actually really impressive. And I always have a little bit more respect for, you know, quarterbacks, turn coaches, because I think they've got a very unique situation on how the game plays out and they can really bring that skill set to coaching. And I think that's always a really, really helpful thing. So he's really surprised me quite a bit in terms of who's on the hot seat I think the obvious choice Urban Meyer I don't know how he still has a coaching job to be honest in the NFL the off-field shenanigans that's gone on in Jacksonville and not you know flying home with his team I'm not quite sure how he's still the coach there but that's one's always really surprised me a little
1: bit how much damage do you think that can do to the career of someone like Trevor Lawrence to be in a in a bad situation like that
2: Exactly. I felt really bad for him. You know, he was just touted as just being this incredible player, which he is definitely was in college. And it must be slightly disheartening to know that that not only is the team that you're going to, but the coach as well. And it makes you wonder how much it's like you said, really taking away from his potential in terms of his own career. So I'm curious to kind of keep an eye on him as he progresses in year two and year three, if he's still with the Jaguars or different coach and see how he reacts to
1: that. Do you think he'll make it to year two?
2: Under Urban Meyer? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird situation down there, I think, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think about some of the coaches from college who've made the switch into the NFL. And I think some coaches are made for it and can do it, and I think others can't. So uh, I think Urban Meyer falls into that can't category.
1: And real quick, what do you think, switching to college, of Jimmy Lake being uh, let go as the Washington Huskies coach?
2: Mm -hmm. I think that was probably the right decision. Maybe it should have come a little bit earlier, but I'm glad it happened as it is. I don't know all of the details, but have heard some of what happened. And I think they certainly do need a change there. I was listening to a couple of radio shows about that out in Seattle. And I think the the search for a new head coach is going to be really interesting to see. I think you've got to get somebody who's a bit more acquainted on the West Coast system. So I'm kind of keeping an eye on that to see how that all plays out.
1: Aaron, fantastic stuff. We'll catch up right after the season ends and just before the playoffs. Thanks so much for being here.
2: Sounds great. Thanks for having me.
0: That's this edition of PQBeat, produced by the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. Thank you for joining us. If you have suggestions for topics or guests, we would like to hear from you. You'll find our contact information on our website, pqbnews.com.